of the church year. So, we gather by remembering our baptism, remembering how it is we come into the church by God's grace and mercy, and applying the promise of baptism, the confession and absolution to our lives. So please stand. We begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. God, who is rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together with Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Almighty God, strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit that Christ may live in your hearts through faith.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, our true life, to serve you is freedom, and to know you is unending joy. We worship you, we glorify you, we give thanks to you for your great glory. Abide with us, reign in us, and make this world into a fit habitation for your divine majesty. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated, and I invite our young people and children forward for our kids' message. Come on up, guys. All right. Put this aside just for a minute. Okay. All right. Yeah, I know. Um, so, it's Christ the King Sunday. So when you think of a king, what do you think of? You think of God? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so a Lord, like the king of people. Mm-hmm. And we use that language for Jesus sometimes, don't we, Lord? Yeah, have you ever seen kings on TVs, TV or in movies or stuff like that? Mm-hmm. What are they like, usually? Telling people what to do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're evil, sometimes they're good. Yeah. Anything else about kings? A big castle with a moat, usually. Yep, most of the time. Or some, like, cloud city or, I don't know, something like that. So, um, what do kings sit on? Thrones, they do, don't they? Yeah, um, and does that look like a throne? 
Sort of? Does it look sort of like a friend? If you made it into a chair, yeah, right, to sit, right? Does that crown look like a crown a king would wear with all the pokey things in it, those thorns and all that stuff? Yeah, if you shaped it, maybe took the thorns off, but didn't poke. I don't think any king would want to be on a cross and die or have a crown that was made out of thorns. Would you want to be that king or that queen? Nope, no thanks, no, not for me. But that's what we, that's what we find it with Jesus is that the cross is like his throne and the, and the crown, those thorns are like his crown. He takes on all the bad stuff in the world, right? There's some bad stuff in the world, isn't there? Even bad kings sometimes. But as a good king, he, he lives, he's a king for us kind of like a shepherd. And there's an imagery of a shepherd that, that God holds up in the Bible all the way through. And a shepherd is one who lays down his life for the sheep, right? So when something dangerous comes, the shepherd doesn't say, I'm out of here, sheep, good luck. I don't want to get eaten up, right? The shepherd says, no, I'm going to put the sheep behind me. And I'm going to get rid of that, that bad thing for them. And that's kind of what Jesus does on the cross. He accomplishes everything for us. He takes away our sin, our shame, our guilt. The times we feel, we feel like people, you know, are making fun of us or don't like us or whatever it might be, all of the bad stuff in the world, he takes onto himself and he says, I'm going to take this and I'm going to give you my promise of love and hope and, and ultimately the resurrection, right? So when we talk about Jesus as king, we do something really weird. We see him on the cross as in his glory and on his throne, dying for us and for all people everywhere. Yeah. And we're going to celebrate him coming into the world in Advent, which is coming up um, next week. And so we, I want to give the Advent box out. Does anybody know they're going to be here next week and would like to take the first reading for the Advent box? You guys? Nope. Okay. Um, sorry, Jack, you're out. We'll get you another week. Um, anybody? <laughs> anybody else? <laughs> I know you'll be there the following week, though, hopefully. You're going to be here for sure next week? Can I get a head nod from a parent somewhere? Yes, okay. So you want to take that and take the first reading, and you're going to give us clues for the Advent box so we can try to figure out next week what's going on. Marietta is going to be preaching, and she's going to help you with that. So, but for now, let's pray. Let's pray together. Dear God, repeat prayer. Dear God, thank you for your son, Jesus, who truly is our king, the shepherd who lays down his life, for us. Amen. All right. Thanks for coming up today. See you next week. who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who shepherd my people, it is you who have scattered my flock and have driven them away, and you who have not attended to them. So I will attend to you for your evil doings, says the Lord. Then I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the lands where I have driven them. And I will bring them back to their fold, and they shall be fruitful and multiply. I will raise up shepherds over them who will shepherd them, and they shall not fear any longer or be dismayed, nor shall any be missing, says the Lord. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. The word of the Lord.
according to St. Luke, the 23rd chapter. When they came to the place that is called the Skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing, and the people stood by watching. But the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord. What are we doing today? I mean, doesn't it seem kind of a little weird? This is Christ the King Sunday. Why are we reading about Jesus' death, his crucifixion? Shouldn't we be at the empty tomb? Shouldn't we be at the mountain where Jesus was taken up gloriously into heaven? Shouldn't we be somewhere in the book of Revelation where heaven is the throne of Jesus and the earth is his footstool? Well, just as Easter is empty without Good Friday, by the way, not Black Friday, Please don't mix those two up, right? Just as Easter is empty without Good Friday, so too is our understanding of who God is and where that leads our lives. Without seeing Jesus on the most unlikely of thrones, on the cross. Crosses, we know, are places of suffering and of death. I know we wear gold ones around our necks oftentimes, or we wear them in in worship as signs of this of this place of, of glory for God. But they are places of suffering and death. And, and Luke doesn't focus so much, though, on what a lot of kind of misguided Hollywood producers do on the physical suffering that leads up to Jesus' crucifixion. And the suffering itself, he focuses more on the crucifixion's work to shame and to humiliate. Because that's the power of crucifixion from the empire is to shame and to humiliate the things that we humans fear most. And the very thing that Jesus takes upon himself, the the shame and the insult there on display. The key here in Luke, in this crucifixion story, is whether or not Jesus is guilty or innocent, whether he is unrighteous or whether he truly is righteous. Because that answer determines for us whether we are celebrating today Christ the King Sunday or Jesus the Insane Criminal Sunday. Whether he is unrighteous or whether he is righteous determines that for us. And by all logical reason, just taking this moment by itself without knowing the end of the story, for those who are witnessing here the crucifixion, by all logical reason and by the definition of the empire and its power, Jesus is an insane and blasphemous criminal. Ridiculous claims that he has made. But maybe not if we take a wider view. If we look back into the first reading that we had today, the shepherd imagery is helpful to us, I think. Notice how God promises to a people who are afflicted with terrible rulers, bad kings, as you said there, Jack, um, again and again, that that God makes this promise to raise up shepherds, to use that imagery again of of a shepherd 
plural, shepherds for his people, ongoing rule of the branch of David. But then there's a shift in that last paragraph where God says, I will raise up a shepherd because I kind of know how you humans are, right? These kings that I've promised for you are probably going to turn bad as they do. So God says, I will raise up a shepherd, the shepherd, singular, to save the people. In our gospel, we see that shepherd. We see that shepherd on a cross giving up a life that he does indeed have the power to save. If you notice in our gospel for today, all of these insults that are hurled at Jesus really within them have these kind of confessions of faith, of confessions of, who, of what Jesus' identity really is. They're kind of turned ironic or turned sarcastic as insults and derision. But if you notice, it's in there. Those who deride him, the leaders actually say, he saved others. Well, yeah, he did. But then they say, let him save himself if he is the Messiah of God, the chosen one. And the soldiers say, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Yes, Jesus is the Messiah. He is the chosen one. He is the king of the Jews. But they, what they want is to see as evidence for this, the one thing Jesus can't do and still be the Messiah, the King, the Chosen One. He cannot act selfishly. They want to see it for themselves. They want that selfishness. The one criminal on, to one side of Jesus wants to be saved himself. But Jesus can't do that. He can't save himself and still be the King. Instead, in order that we here who are gathered here today and, and all people who are, were before us and will come after us, that they might be saved, he gives up his life. And in so doing, he gives salvation to all. What is the image of the shepherd that we carry around? We're, we aren't exposed to shepherds very often, probably. Some of you may have traveled and seen shepherds, maybe been stuck in traffic behind some shepherds. I've seen that on TV at least before, or pictures. But is the image we carry of that the predator comes for the sheep, and the shepherd says, I'm too important, and puts the sheep in front of him, sacrifices them in order to save himself? No, of course not. Is the image that the predator comes for the sheep, and the shepherd is very sympathetic to their suffering? Nope, that's not quite complete for us either, is it? No, our image is this. The image that God paints for us and that we see on the cross is that the predator comes for the sheep and the shepherd gives his life to save theirs. And we can carry that imagery even further, really, especially as we look upon Jesus on the cross and note that it is the sheep who have actually invited the, the predator over for dinner. And yet still the shepherd stands in front and sacrifices himself instead of seeing one of them lost. This is why Christ the King Sunday is at the cross, at the place where Jesus' action on our behalf leads him to say, it is accomplished, it is finished. The promise is realized for you. Yes, Jesus' death and resurrection go together. They aren't separate events, so to speak. They're really one complete event. But the cross is the throne where all of what Luke has been leading us to comes to a head. Here is where Jesus casts the mighty down from their thrones and uplifts the lowly. Here is where the blind receive their sight and the oppressed are set free. Here is where the abundant forgiveness of a merciful God is showered upon the suffering and even upon the guilty. My Lord and my God, even those who crucify Jesus, even those who put him to death and are completely unrepented, even they are forgiven in the midst of their horrific and unjust crime. And the criminal who gets it, the one who understands, who sees, is like this, this flashing invitation for all of us to see. I mean, seriously, how does, how does he get it in this moment? He looks on what logically seems like this failed Messiah. He's hanging there. He's, he's suffering. He's shamed. He's under the same sentence as this man. 
And somehow he sees a king. Somehow he sees one who, even in his hour of death, has the power to give a promise beyond even what the criminals asked. You know what he asked? He says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And, and Jesus says, well, I'll do you one better. <laughs> Infinitely better. Today, you will be with me in paradise. That phrase is now. It is immediate. The promise is now. Today, you will be with me in paradise. This kind of leads me back to Jeremiah. Once again, this, this imagery of, of shepherds. God promises leaders, remember plural, and then ultimately God promises a leader, singular, a king, a king who will rule like a good shepherd should. In light of what that one shepherd has done for us, I'm left wondering, though, how to respond. I mean, being a Christian, in part, means to comprehend that God is found in the suffering of the world that God understands it, that God experiences it fully, that God takes it into himself in the crucifixion. But being Christ-like is, is taking that promise, that understanding, and doing something with it, using it to combat suffering in our world, being uncomfortable when we see suffering and injustice in our world, having it disquiet our lives because it doesn't match with the king we serve. Now, I know all this king language is kind of outdated, right? I mean, we don't use king language anymore. I mean, that's proven by the failure of shows like Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings, obvious, you know, box office bus. <laughs> we do. We kind of seem to be kind of culturally uh, enamored by, by, by kings and, and how they rule and who's going to win. I know it was a big disappointment in Game of Thrones. I tried to watch a season during my my uh, a little bout with pneumonia. I got through one season and I got bored. But I guess it was a big deal for a lot of people. It's a disappointing end, though. That's what I've heard. I won't spoil it because I don't know what happened. But, uh, <laughs> but we're kind of obsessed with that. But regardless of all of that, I think what we can walk away with today is that we live in the reign of God now. Now, maybe, maybe it, it isn't so much that our obsession is with the king's in these stories, or the rulers in the stories, but ultimately this desire that we have, this longing for living under a righteous and hopeful reign of justice. We look for that. We long for that. Maybe our obsession isn't with the kings themselves, but what they offer us if they are just. We want that peaceful paradise kingdom. And here's the thing. That's exactly what we have in Jesus. So often we look at the world or we, or we even look at our own lives and we see death and we see shame and we see failure. We see disease and division and violence. And all of that is real. Please don't hear me standing up here and saying that God somehow denies all of that. No, God takes that into himself. He enters into that fully. But the promise of, the promise of God in Christ, the hope that God gives us in Christ is real-er. It's going to be a new word in Wikipedia tomorrow, I swear. It's real-er, okay? It's more real, and we carry. We carry that promise around with us. We get to proclaim a hope and a vision that doesn't always seem to make sense in light of the now. But in the midst of all those cries about how there can be so much suffering in the world, how can there be a just God with so much suffering... We can kind of turn that, I think, and look at that and answer boldly, yeah, indeed, there is much suffering. Yet how do we deserve such love and forgiveness and new life in the midst of a broken world that we're pretty guilty in creating? It's kind of interesting because, ironically, it's often the privilege to fail to see God at work in the difficulties of life and doubt God because of the suffering they see sometimes at a distance, or maybe experience themselves. Maybe we're invited to see through the eyes of this criminal today to give us guidance for what to do with all of this, how to see Jesus as, as someone who makes us vulnerable and open to the, continue the joy of offering our lives for the sake of others, finding a sense of meaning and of purpose that reflects the reality of King Jesus' reign 
in which we live today in paradise. Maybe we have that opportunity, actually, as well, as the criminal does to live in that paradise today, holding out the promise we've been given until as many as we can possibly reach are connected to this hope, to this king, to this promise, this king we call Lord and God. Amen. Let us respond to the good news and proclaim our faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, 
the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us now pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Gracious God, we give thanks today for Christ our King, for our servant King, who laid down his life for us. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for our world and all the places where people are suffering. We hold before you the people of Hong Kong for their elections and for their hope and desire for freedom. Lord, in your mercy. For our nation, for our leaders, for our republic and democracy, that our constitution and balance of powers may be preserved and cherished. We pray for justice and healing of our divisions. Lord, in your mercy. For our country as it confronts the crisis of violence in all forms. For all those seeking peace and working to protect life and liberty. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all individuals and families struggling with opioid addiction. Give our states and nation courage and strength to confront this problem and find helpful solutions. Lord, in your mercy. Bless your church with clarity and passion as it brings the life-giving message of the cross and resurrection to our communities and world. Lord, in your mercy. Bless us during Thanksgiving. Bring your grace, mercy, and healing to all families and watch over those who are traveling. Lord, in your mercy. God, we hold before you the Raisley family mourning the death of Jeff's mom, Bobby. We pray for the family and friends of Peter Carr as they mourn his death. We give thanks that he is in the church triumphant. We pray for the Evanoff family as they continue to grieve and approach the upcoming anniversary of the death of their grandson, Walter. We pray for Bruce Leonardy, recovering from a mild heart attack and stent surgery, and give thanks that he is doing well. God, we pray for George Damaheide as he has been hospitalized and now moves to Northwoods. For Lucille Lampy in frail health, for George Gillis and Darlene Gillis in their health difficulties, and for George as he's at Martha and Mary. God, we pray for those facing cancer, for Kathy Bowman, Elizabeth Damaheide, Angela Dice, Gary Ludwig, Dave Ryan, Jim McKelvey, Ron Maddox, Kathy Schaefer, and Carol Wales. For all our deployed military and support and their families, we hold them before you. And many of all those on our continued press, prayer list, we hold before you and others now aloud or in the quiet of our hearts. Gracious God, we also bring before you um, Sarah Schroeder as she has a biopsy for lung cancer. Hold her in your care. And all of these that we have brought before you, now as we come before your table, may we receive our shepherd servant leader and may we be bread for our world as he provides for us rich forgiveness, grace, and mercy. And so we pray all of these things, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you all. Please share that peace with those around you.
as you continue sharing the piece, keep going. I'm just going to transition us into a little short community time. Pass those friendship pads down the aisle, please. If you're a guest of ours today, that's a great place to let us know that. We want to send you a letter and thank you for worshiping with us, make ourselves available to you. Um, so please, as you do that, I want to remind you that this morning during Sunday school hour is a time where adults and kids all are getting together in our gathering place to decorate Advent logs for our Advent journey ahead. Um, we get to do that together. Um, also, I believe we're putting together um, Thanksgiving's baskets. So nice servant project and to have some conversation about Advent together. So that's what's happening after our fellowship time down in the gathering place in between services today. Um, with the one, at, one exception that I am meeting with senior high kids in the youth room. All right. So let's see. So we need folks for our set. Um, we need folks. This, this is, I wrote this, actually. Uh, we need folks to set step up with acts for our Christmas variety show. Sign up today, please. This is a great tradition and and so we need you to step up with that. No angel tree this year. There'll be other opportunities for giving, and that wasn't our decision. That's something at the county level. So anyway, um, that's important for you to be aware of. Christmas, SLC Christmas train event is coming up December 7th. Check out the beacon. This is a great community outreach. We're providing a Thanksgiving, um, Thanksgiving. We're providing a um, spaghetti meal for um, our community and then gifts that kids can come and pick out for their parent or someone else they know, and then we'll help them wrap them. So this is a great event. Don't miss it. Um, let's see. Then um, don't forget our Thanksgiving service, our joint service with CK Prez and United Silverdale United Methodist Church. That's, it's at CK Prez this year at 7 p.m. on Wednesday night. We have a joint choir um, with them. It'll be a great um, celebration on Thanksgiving Eve, 7 p.m. All right, with that, now we continue with our offering and move to the table.
and give us a foretaste of the feast to come. Let us pray, God of mercy and grace, we, we offer, offer with joy and thanksgiving The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We give thanks to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, Almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ, our true servant King who on this day overcame death and the grave and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. We pray as our Lord has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord Jesus, reveal yourself to us in the breaking of this bread as you once revealed yourself to your disciples. The gifts of God are ready for the people of God.
Let us pray as we send this meal out with Barb for Fran Mayert. Gracious God, we give thanks for this meal, the bread of life, and we pray that Fran will receive it and know her connection to you through this sacrament and to all of us. So be with Barb as she goes. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand. May this, the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, truly strengthen you and keep you in God's grace and peace. God of abundance, with this bread of life and cup of salvation, you have united us with Christ, making us one with all your people. Now send us forth in the power of your spirit that we may proclaim your redeeming love to the world and continue forever in the risen life of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. A reminder today that after our sending him, um, we have prayer ministers um, who will be up here um, by the altar rail. If you need a prayer um, for healing, um, individual prayer um, in any form whatsoever, maybe you're traveling and you'd like a prayer. If you'd like someone to pray with you after worship today, we have folks up here who can do that. So go forth. Now, with God's blessing, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. The peace of God becomes a nation rejoice. Open the gates before and lift up your voice. The King of glory comes a nation rejoice. Lord.